You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. Coming to you from Magnified Cemeteries, Magnified Pod presents Magnifright Pod, a nostalgic sampling of horror indie bands from the Christian alternative scene. Put your tape deaths on record. I'm Count Andrew. I'm John of the Dead. Get it? Dawn of the Dead? Nailed it. Nailed it. And this is our podcast. Um, I may or may not have, you know, screwed up the intro there, but you know what? It's fine. People know like, what this that, is. I think that part is different than normal, but I'm not questioning it. So, You know, let's see. What did I say? Favorite indie horror bands. Covering your favorite indie horror bands from the Christian alternative scene. Yeah. Close Whatever enough. it was, it was great. Whatever. Um, I was I was uh trying to do it from memory. Um, no, nailed it. Um, <laughs> this is our podcast, and yes. this is week three of Magnifrite Pod. Ugh, aka the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> John, um, w- John, what, what kind of what kind of dad are you? You're you're two different <laughs> kinds of dads. You're two, right. you're two different daddies. I learned via targeted ads on Instagram today that I'm a horror dad, <laughs> uh, which I can represent by wearing a sweatshirt that says horror dad. And I learned via shared text from you that our boy mark hack uh may be picking up a sad dad hoodie that the national is apparently putting out which i would like to have both of those so i'm a, I'm a horror dad i'm a sad dad it's my time to shine and i'm i'm not a dad i'm just sad so i don't know <laughs> i'm I not just... a dad i'm just sad i'm not a dad <laughs> i'm just sad should we have should we have two seconds here to, to speak about non-spooky news which is tom DeLong rejoining blink 182 i'm i'm at the same time not surprised and surprised i saw rumors going around on twitter i saw yeah. some i, th- I feel some... like mark mark hoppus has been leaving breadcrumbs for yeah. a while i think danny leary is probably the one who tuned me on to it's happening soon and i was like is it um and it is and they're doing a new album uh, yes. which tom calls their best album yet which you know a lot of people say that but that does have me intrigued and they're doing a world tour turnstile is opening i was just like you know tom rejoining blink turnstile opening it pushes me over the edge i'm gonna do it and then i was like at the united center and i was like ugh. and then it was like at the excel in uh yeah in Minneapolis, in, in you know in, in twin cities so the like, like third level is 75 dollars i'm like if i'm at the united center i don't want to be like so far away but anything yeah. closer is like over 300 and i was just like fuck this but anyway i saw them a long time ago and that was nice <laughs> yeah are we we're getting to that age bro where the reunion shows yeah are just so much so much money and it's like yeah but i i saw you in some shitty club like 20, 25 years ago for like 
ten dollars right. and now <laughs> we're just at, we're just at that at that yes end. and so if there's any if there's anything i can impart to the younger generation is just see as many cheap shows as you yeah. can now yeah. because right. any of the 25 bands years you, later yeah you're, you're gonna be you're playing gonna be, arenas and it's gonna be too much yeah um yeah yeah which is why I, i'm trying to see i'm seeing um dury here in a couple weeks uh, uh i saw that they're a minnesota brother sister band and they blew up because of a song that they put on tiktok and now they just like uh, got huge and uh i saw them that they played at the state fair and cool. uh they're gonna be playing i think they're playing the fine line um yeah, they're playing the fine line in a couple weeks. So I'm like, gotta see them now. I do now. Because it's just this is what happens. You a band is, you know, I want I, but I've seen a lot of shows this summer. So That's I'm, true. I, I feel pretty I feel pretty good about my stats for 2020. Yes, you should. Um, yes, I wish this tour, if it were outside, if it were a summertime tour at outside venues, I yeah. would have shelled out and done it. But I can't the United Center for I mean it's just a gigantic sports arena in Chicago that's cavernous and super far away from the stage. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm not doing it. Um, although I don't know if you saw in the discord that I did say like, well, you know, I saw blink multiple times in small clubs. So like, I can't, you know, that's been spoiled for me. I can't like do this now. And everybody's giving me shit about being a, a hipster elitist. And I was like, this is where Andrew would roast me on the pod for being like, oh, I saw him 25 years ago in a small club, and now I'm too good to go to the well, arena. Well, you know, when I saw them in the club, they sounded really shitty, so I loved it. <laughs> it's true. I was also having this debate with a friend of the pod, Patreon Punk Tyler Day, where he loves the later Blink stuff, like self-titled, especially, which I love self-titled too. Yeah, but that's I'm a like, great record. I was like, but the best album is Dude Ranch. And he's like, come on. And I was like, I'll also accept Cheshire Cat. And he's like, it sounds terrible. And I'm like, yeah, that's the shit. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I know this isn't spooky, but I feel like you know, you, at least had you, to mention... you don't even do do you even like Travis? Well, mm. I remember when he did join, I was like, guys, are we sure we like this guy as much? And everybody's like, he's like a thousand times better of a drummer than <laughs> Scott. Was that his name? So you don't even know Scott. his name. No, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yes, anyway, it will at least afford us new opportunities to try out the Tom accents <laughs> over the coming months. Um, saw a good TikTok that you, you shared with me using that accent. Speaking of TikTok. One day we... after listening to Blink-182. <laughs> one week after listening to Blink-182. <laughs> <laughs> one month after listening to Blink-182. <laughs> so good. Um, so ridiculous. TikTok. Maybe we got to get Graveyard Club on TikTok and that's how they'll blow up. All right. Anyway. Um, Stop sleeping on Graveyard Club, guys. That's right. This is their month. Yeah. Show them some damn year. respect. <laughs> Listen to their put new record. Put some respect on their name. <laughs> um. Anyway. Yes. We're getting sidetracked here. We got a lot of spooky ground to cover tonight. Yeah. Um. A band I'm very pumped slash curious <laughs> to talk about. Um. Some good refreshments here. Mm. A quiz. I haven't made a proper quiz in, in quite a while for the pod. So I'm pumped for all this. Got some, uh, we got some good voicemails and emails, um, but to kick things off, Andrew. Yes, I'm feeling parched after all that intro. Yes. Um, I have tonight. Yes, let's hear it. A howling gourds pumpkin ale. Ooh. Uh, from Joseph Brow Brewing, 
in San Jose, California. Um, 7%. So, you know, kind of hefty for a pumpkin ale. Um, I believe I've had this one before, and it's pretty much like a straightforward pumpkin ale, but... Perfectly serviceable. That's right. Excited to try it again. How about you? Um, well, I'm so excited, John, for the spooky season. Mm. I'm about to have an ectogasm. <laughs> Ooh. What so is this? this is uh, probably the hottest brewing company to hit the Twin Cities in uh, as of late. This, uh, this brewery called Drecker. Yeah, I've heard the name. I don't think I've tried anything. Yes, they're from Fargo. Uh-huh. So our neighbors to the north. Yeah. Um, and they have all kinds of really wild cans. I have another, uh, spoiler alert, I have another Drecker in my fridge right now mm. that I'm saving for um, another spooky another spooky time. Nice. Uh, but this is a, an IPA. It is 7%. Okay. Uh, malt, pale, two-row flaked oats, carafoam, malted oats, uh, citra, and, and mosaic hops. And then they have a... A house IPA yeast. Okay, so, that's cool. I don't know if I've What's ever heard a... anybody talk about uh, their house, house yeast, yeast before. Yeah, that's interesting. It's like a starter bread thing, basically, but for beer yeast. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, this is our house red, and this is our uh, house yeast. <laughs> I'll take the house yeast, please. Um, who's Ooh, that guy on the cover there? What was the art? Some sort of monster? got some like melting skulls hell yeah it does and this is like some sort yeah, of demon cool. with like a yeah. pentagram on his head he looks a little green gobliny like really kind of gobliny but these yeah. like uh skulls are like melting cool um so yeah maybe maybe like slimer adjacent because he's all green <laughs> but like yeah but look at that like giant claw there it's very cool that art rules yeah it's very um, all the art is very much in this vein kind of gross and but super <laughs> colorful and yeah over the top um, into it i'm drinking my beer out of a ghost style brewery pint glass Ooh. I don't know if you can see the logo there but it's nice and spooky yeah um, where's ghost style it's in western michigan um and it's on this... there when you visited this summer? yes i've been there a couple times um it's on this little sort of peninsula island thing that's supposedly haunted mm. which is why it's called ghost style which mm. is pretty cool in my book. Nice. Um, that's refreshing. Yes, I'm. I enjoy this. I haven't Not had anything. Sweet. I haven't had anything by Drecker so far that I haven't enjoyed. Yeah. So I gotta check them out. But also their their logo uh, is like a little Viking looking. Yeah, thing. that's cool. I've definitely seen that guy. Yeah. Um. Well, to pair with my beverage this evening. Yes. The house candy tonight is <laughs> Sour Punch Spooky Straws. Ooh. And you know I love me some Sour Punch Straws and Sour Punch Bites. These are the spooky varietal. We got a mummy on there and a zombie. Um, so apple, are there some bats and, flying in the in Some the bats back there. Apple, grape, and tangerine. The spookiest flavors. Um, I think because of the colors. So are these boys out? Those look pretty good. You can see my little 
straw Ooh, friends yeah, there. There we, go. there we go. Anyway, what do you got? Well, John, I have I have sort of a um an amuse bouche, if you uh-huh. will. So friend and brother of the pod, uh-huh. <laughs> Brian, my brother, uh, he you know he heard the call. He heard us talk about Minnesota's uh-huh. largest candy store. Yes. And he he went out there nice. with his kids on a Saturday mm. in the month of October. Yeah, it's it's tough. <laughs> and he said it was just bananas. I bet. And he said the 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 way that the aisles were set up was like if you like stayed in the aisle, like you felt like you're holding everything up because there's like no way to really right navigate around other people but he says it was so big and there's so much stuff but that he felt like there was no obvious place for like any sort of halloween candy like they like no like halloween specific stuff that he could find he's like he's like it was yes it was a large store but you would think that there would be like here are our seasonal right you know spooky treats or whatever uh alas there were none so he came back empty-handed in that regard however i was not giving up because you know i you can see right now john i have my pumpkin here in the background that has my already pre-planned treats for this week Mm. but coming off this disappointment of no spooky treats from the largest Halloween or largest candy store in the state. Not even a NECA wafer. <laughs> Nary a NECA wafer. <laughs> uh, I decided after work, I walk by uh, the Candyland in downtown St. Paul every day. Yep. This tiny, classic, many decades old candy store where they make their own popcorn and toast their own nuts and shit. It's very charming. It smells amazing. I went mm. in there. And I'm like, let's see what this old school candy store has, has to offer. Oh, wait. and John, did they deliver? I got myself a bag of sour pumpkins. Ooh. So Hell yeah. did I snack on some of these earlier? <laughs> yes, I already did because I'm like, I need to, yeah. I have my real candy, but, Fair. The sour pumpkins have like that gumdroppy mm-hmm. consistency. Sure. But they're orange and sour. That's pretty good. Very happy with these. Yeah. I bought them blindly. And Kristen's like, what if you just bought like half a pound of something that's like <laughs> sucks? What if it tastes like pumpkin? I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. It's I'm, worth it. I'm going all in on these sour pumpkins. That's right. Gotta take a risk for the for the weird beers for the weird candies, the weird but the ice best, creams. But the best part is, we got some gummy skulls, bro. Ooh, that looks cool. Look how terrifying that is. It's a big boy. Some good texture on that guy. Oh yeah, but you wanna know what the other best part is? Mm, tearing into that skull. Oh, there's blood inside. It's like a giant gusher. I know, man. That rolls. It's these layers of flavor and color. That's awesome. And like. Yeah, it has this like right under the face. It has this like separate red gummy layer. I gotta find these guys. I wonder if I could find them. 
And it's like a, and it's a different texture than the rest of the gummy. Yeah. Jelly filled blood red gummy skulls yep. are available on Amazon. If somebody would like to experience these for themselves. Candyland. Came um, through. St. Paul. Old time candy store. 90 years old this year. Yeah. That rules. So institution coming through. So that, that aside, since I experienced all kinds of gummies today, I'm going to go for something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I've got some spooky lip pops. Ooh, wow, those are fun. So they are lip lollipops that you can suck on, and they give you different, uh, there's like some fangs. But they're like, they're called spooky, the spooky selfies. So you can like <laughs> take pictures of you with your. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to do that, and we can post them. Take a hashtag lip pop selfie <laughs> all right what do we got here make a tiktok put graveyard club on it should i do some like green lips or should i do some fangs should i do the fangs bro yeah i want to see those fangs bro all right these sour straws are really good Ooh, <laughs> pretty good pretty <laughs> kind of spooky it's sort of like a ring pop it tastes like um it says green apple lollipops Okay. It's not that. <laughs> it sort of tastes more like a, almost like caramel apple adjacent. That's, that's pretty good. Well, you look very cool. <laughs> we got to get a fang selfie. Uh, <laughs> you look sort of like a, vamp- a vampire with like an underbite. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is, um. I think these are kind of meant for children. So <laughs> You got a big old mouth, like a little child. <laughs> Taking a selfie. Perfect. That's great. You're living into your Count Andrew yeah. persona. That's true. Um, I would give these two fangs out of five. Okay, yeah. I mean, the flavor, not the green apple. Like, when you think green apple, you... Jolly Rancher. Like, yeah, you think that that sort of, like, really tart Jolly Rancher flavor. Yeah. Uh, not so much that. Hmm. So I do love a caramel apple. I don't know how much I love caramel apple candy. Although sometimes they have that like, you know, Jolly Rancher-esque green apple with the caramel on top of it and candy. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'm into that. But I've been striking out with candy. It's only because of Candyland that came through this week. Yeah. Shout out STP. Get them on the pod. Keep local. Yeah, get the Candyland owners on the pod. Well, you could wear that to a rave uh, if you wanted to. Some sort of spooky nightclub. You could well pop that. John, are you, are you are you talking about that? Uh, the Shrek rave. The Shrek rave that's happening yes. in in at, at the beloved First Avenue. It's like the, a touring thing because I saw somebody post about the Shrek yep. rave in New York too. So yes, it's happening December seventeenth in uh, Minneapolis at First Avenue. It's called Shrek Rave colon Shrek the Halls. <laughs> and this is obviously it's something that's a touring thing right but my favorite part is it's dumb just come have fun cool is dead who cares <laughs> it's such a like it's Gen so Z. it's so self-aware it's yeah. so cool is dead is my vibe it is like i i've i feel like leaning like i'm not a dad but i feel like that's such a dad thing to be like right you know 
it's like it's like grandpa simpson it's like i used to be cool now <laughs> yeah. you know now what's cool is you know weird, weird and, and scary to me and weird and scary to me it'll happen to you and it did i yeah. just read an article this week about how gen z feels threatened by um thumbs up emojis yes <laughs> like they think they're like insensitive and i'm like i'm officially too old to even attempt to understand why gen z doesn't want me texting a thumbs up emoji at them but i mean so i've reached grandpa be, simpson levels i gotta admit i i get it i understand sure. um because think about how is the thumbs the thumbs up in even in just real life it's not used like hell yeah bro it's 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 only sarcastic i guess it's, so it's used as sarcasm or if you're like on a zoom meeting and you're all muted Sure. And somebody's like, you know, can you hear me? And you're just like, yep, can yeah, hear you. I did that when we were starting tonight. Yeah. So, but it's not like that's, no one uses thumbs up in any way that to me feels affirming. No one's like, good sure. job. Yeah. I guess it's usually more just like, sounds good. Like, but you, but, but you also, you're a, an avid um, thumbs up react yeah text person so is like, that like a middle-aged thing of me to be no no i feel like <laughs> for me <laughs> this is just me like i'm i don't know am i gen z i'm you know almost 39 i'm like i i think we're I'm just, elder millennials but i think you're you're cooler than me so you don't oh, you know that is things. that is patently false <laughs> well cool is dead um Anyway, yeah. everybody go to the Shrek grave. Report back. Um, is imagine is all John the, like, is John cooler than me? <laughs> there we go. I'm glad they're prepped and ready. Um, uh, is cool yeah. dead? <laughs> imagine all the like remixes of somebody <laughs> once told me. It's gonna be fun. Uh, the the whole Shrek as meme wave kind of came post our generation but i feel like it straddles the line too like is this ironic do we actually like shrek like who cares like shrek or if i don't know i'm here for it <laughs> yeah um, i i feel like if i went there i would um i would definitely straddle the line between feeling like hell yeah meme culture who cares but then also feeling way too old to be yeah, there yes I feel like um, the who this is targeting is like somebody who is very solidly Gen Z, like, like right. 22, 23 years old. Yeah. And then some of the elder millennials who like are were part of creating meme culture to begin with. Right. And and then it would just be like the 15 the 15 year to 20 year age gap that would that exists there it's like yeah well, this, could just, be your, just, this feels like your sad dad um <laughs> yeah i'm like i'm using emojis are cool this is still a new young thing for me to be doing <laughs> like the fact that i think that is reflects uh the fact that i'm 40 or i'm not i'm not 40 yet but ever since i turned 39 i'm like i'm 40 i'm fucking 40 and like <laughs> um the kids who are expressing uncertainty over my behavior would hear 40 and think like that's old 
which is fair because if I was that age, I would think the same thing. And now I'm just that. So I'm embracing yeah. it and we will fight that fact by eating candy yeah. and drinking pumpkin beer tonight. Um, but yeah, like when I was in elementary school, looking back at some of the teachers I had, I'm like, these some of these teachers were like not that far no. out of college. <laughs> and yeah. I like thought they were so much older I than know. me. But yeah, that's there's yeah, we're we're pretty much decaying in, in the eyes of Gen Z. It's true. Um but here at Magpod, we welcome all generations. Uh, That's true. We know it's it's a lot of sad dad core, um, <laughs> but we welcome we welcome we welcome the Gen Zers, the the Zennials. I don't know. What are they all called? There's a bunch of different words for them. I don't know. Um, but all are welcome, including if you decide to send us a voicemail or an email. Ooh, uh, got a voicemail line, right? We sure do. 872-762-4763, 8727-MAGPOD. And John, you remember last week we had our dude Jason from LA of course. share about his uh, spooky college that was run by witches or something. <laughs> cabbage, cabbage Patch Bible College or whatever. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. So, all right. We have some more Jason. Yo, hey guys, it's Jason in LA, uh, stuck in traffic as I'm working, going from uh, place to place, cleaning fryers, that's what I do now. But uh, yeah, I listen to your podcast right now as I'm driving, and I uh, just uh, want to explain the Calvary Chapel Bible College campus. What I meant wasn't a witch college before. Uh, it's a campus where it has hot springs on it, no Marietta hot springs. So the campus has changed owners quite a few times. In fact, Calvary Chapel just recently had to sell it because of COVID, they had no uh, comp, uh, retreats going on for like a year, and that's where they brought in most of their money. So they had to sell the campus, and now they're up in the mountains of Southern California. So that's kind of what it is. They had different owners throughout the years. They even had old black and white pictures, like in the offices and stuff, which are always kind of creepy to me. Mm-hmm. But uh, that just explains that. So they just had different ownerships through the years. And then Coward Chapel bought it and fixed it up really nice. So I think they probably made a good uh, penny on what they did to it by really making it a beautiful looking campus and updating all the buildings and stuff. But I have another story for you. Uh, I'll share one each week. This one is, again, when I work security, I would do graveyard shifts. So I would be working from 12 a.m. to 8 a.m. Normally you work by yourself, but during retreats, we had two of us on. So one night uh, there was a little man-made lake on the campus. And around 2, 3 in the morning, the guy and I who were working, we were uh, driving around the lake, and we see, like, a lady wearing, like, a pink bathrobe walking around the lake. And we we're like, huh, that's weird. What, what's she doing out here right now? And, and uh, so we drove up to tell her she wasn't from the camp. She wasn't from the reach you now. See what she was doing. And as we walked up, as we drove up to her, she, her body just kind of floated onto the lake and just disappeared. What? Oh, and the rest of the night, him and I were just kind of speechless. We did think about that scene from Ghostbusters. We thought that she was going to come attack us. But um, so that's another one. Uh, I'll call in again next week. I have a couple others. So Mag for oh, yeah. Life. And, uh, oh, Mark Solomon, you guys, I think you guys should do Save Saker, another neon horse, do Crucified. And I think he would be on the show. He's an awesome guy. Uh, I even have a Crucified tattoo. So, uh, oh, yeah. Ooh. 
Mag buff a lot. Take care. Hell yeah. Thank you, Jason. Thanks, Jason. Um, so a couple things. Uh, if you have like a really old campus or old building <laughs> and it's littered with like like old photos of like yeah that shit's haunted you know you're you're just inviting the haunting right i don't especially if you're already got spooky shit going on get mm-hmm. get those old photos put them in like a trunk you know wrap it <laughs> in chains throw it throw it to the bottom <laughs> of the haunted lake yeah um which clearly that lake is haunted uh an amazing yes. story um i love all these i love all these bible college graveyard shift ghost stories jason's just been saving up all these years i know why so happy why are we to be just hearing, hearing about now that rules uh mark solomon also rules would love Correct. to get him on the pod uh we talked about this i we must cover staves acre and we will at some point um not sure yet exactly how but it would be great to talk to him yeah um some more google translate uh matt costs for life um and then so macbook a, take care at the end of the macbook uh tyler hey boys it's tyler calling in from san diego bit of local news this week the boys are back tom is back yes how about serving up a little bit of your list of favorite 10 blink songs Ooh. and no john can't just list all of dude ranch see ya <laughs> this is amazing because i had no idea he was calling in with this but i started off our blink <laughs> segment talking about him texting me about um giving me shit for always saying dude ranch is the best you know i i struggle with this it could be a fun exercise at some point for us to do this i know it's not related to anything we're talking about but right i feel confident in saying they would come primarily from dude ranch some from cheshire cat and some from self-titled i think i feel safe about that what do you feel about like like uh take off your pants uh, Enema of the State was sort of where I parted ways with them. And it sounded good, but like maybe a little too good. I wanted a little shittier. Oh and I think I was just at that pretentious age where I was like, all right, guys, like you had a cat on the cover and that was good. And then you had like a bull's ball on the cover and I was like, okay. And then it's just like a porn star with like a, I don't know, proctology glove ready. And I'm just like, eh. I don't know. It just kind of like, the direction they were going was like, I don't know if I'm staying on this train and then take off your pants and jacket, just like even further cemented that. So just kind of like <laughs> out for that period. And their sure. single then was the rock show or whatever. And I'm just like, sounds like punk rock show, which is a better song. Um, but then I came back around uh, for self-titled and I was skeptical. But when I listened, I was like, they're doing really interesting stuff on here. So I do really right. like that record, but it feels like a totally different band at that point. I don't know. What are your... What are your quick thoughts? Self-titled is kind of where my interest in Blink kind of ends. Because like era, the second era from Neighborhoods on. Not into it. Uh, no. California and Nine are just kind of boring albums. Yeah. And I don't know what to attribute that to. Uh, subtext who to attribute that to. Um, but. I feel like the lack of Tom yes. has firmly cemented into the Blink-182 legacy that there's like this delineation of, you know, pre and post Tom Blink. 
I feel like the the Tom emphasis in his importance to Blink is really going to be put to the test with this new record and the ways that people have built him up as like the principal reason why Blink was as good as it was. Yeah. But it's a it's a good question, Tyler. I yeah. we'll have to give it some more thoughts. Yeah. Revisit. Because I don't I, I don't have any immediate thoughts. Man, it's just so so many bangers on Dude Ranch. Ooh. Some bangers here too. What am I hearing? Ooh, a little spooky laugh there. <laughs> so, what were we hearing at the beginning? Say uh, that one more time. It's uh, yeah, it sounded like a clinking on like a teacup or something. Yeah. masterful the artist himself yes the phantom cackler thank you sir we're not normally so blessed as to receive back-to-back uh sonic landscapes from you Um, that back-to-back cack (laughs) the cack attack is back jack um (laughs) on a dc track that's jacked (laughs) but uh this is his month so you know keep it coming it sounded to me like when people like play on the like shelves of empty fridges as like an instrument, <laughs> like, but I think you're right. I think it was more like a spoon against a cup or something. <laughs> he's making, he's making himself, uh, making himself a hot cup of tea. Maybe, maybe he's doing it's, some, it's, some get out, uh, mind melting. I still have not seen that movie. <sighs> you gotta see it. You know about the like swirling the spoon around the teacup there, right? That's a thing you no, I don't oh, know man. anything. You gotta watch it. You got a couple more weeks. It's spooky season. Let's I do know, this. I know. All right, John, we have we might be in some trouble here. Uh-oh. We um we might be in some legal legal trouble here. Oh, we got no. another we got an email. Uh-huh. Um, and it says not again. <laughs> and it's from Somebody who was upset with us last year and was claiming we were ripping them off. Uh-oh. Dear sirs, I cannot adequately explain how distressing it was to listen to your podcast and hear one of your hosts make up a scary story that was clearly ripped off from one of our songs. <laughs> Here, take a look at these lyrics. They're so similar to a story, it's scary. This is, of course... Um, from Harry Lupin. Yes. And he is, of course, a member of the Werewolf Reclamation Project. Of course. He was very upset. Um, I totally forgot about Werewolf Reclamation's project, project's song, Beware the Hat Man. Yes. I can't argue with this, but he has laid the lyrics out here. The lyrics us, so are right here, John. Might as well read them out. Yeah. Um, why don't you read verse one? Yeah. Check out the, the veracity of his claims. Yes. The summer is nice for a walk late at night, your girlfriend with you when you see such a fright. At the top of the hill, a jaunty man in a hat, skipping through shadows towards where you're at. Then the chorus. You want to take that? Beware the silhouette, his face obscured. Hold your loved ones close, bad news insured. Try to run away fast as you can. 
Beware the cape and cane. Beware the hat man. God, that rules. <laughs> um, all right, you you do you do verse two since okay, you get to do the verse quest. two. Try to brush it off as a costume or actor because he's strolling along in a thespian manner. You try to play cool, but this date is done. I'm getting scared. We need to run. This is making me so happy. Uh, uh, then, of course, again, beware the silhouette. His face obscured. Hold your loved ones close. Bad news insured. Try to run away fast as you can. Beware the cape and cane. Beware the hat man. John, I feel like it would be appropriate for you to take the bridge. <laughs> take the bridge? I'm a yeah. big bridge boy. The bridge. Turn the corner around the block. Shut the door. Turn the lock. Run upstairs. We should pray. God, make this horror go away. Don't want to see what's in store. Don't want to see him anymore. And then uh, yeah, closing one final, with the chorus. One final more. chorus. Beware the silhouette, his face obscured. Hold your loved ones close. Bad news insured. Try to run away as fast as you can. Beware the cape and cane. Beware the hat man. Now, so... Harry Lupin. We here at the Werewolf Reclamation Project will not stand for this. Sincerely, <laughs> Harry Lupin. John, Harry, I'm, what do we? I'm, what do you have to say for yourself? I I'm did not sorry. know all these years. I know. Yeah, I guess I'm just subliminally influenced by uh, WRP's work. Uh, that's all I can say, Harry. Um, yeah. Much like uh, much like the legal trouble we got in last year, which I believe our lawyer Danny Stairs Esquire was able to wriggle us out of. Might have to. Yes get him back for this one yes um you know it's like when a comedian steals somebody's bit i just it's just so ingrained in me harry lupin's work that i just uh, sure. kind of forget that it's there um so you're i feel the, like the only you're the carlos mencia of <laughs> of of horror stories i guess yeah of, of spooky stories turned into songs yeah um i'll take that um i feel like the only thing that we could do to really clarify this argument is to get someone to show us this song Yes. Um, if there's anybody out there who might uh, have a song with these lyrics they could play for us i mean mm. some people are saying uh brandon kiz, the kiz? Uh, signal is going up in the sky the that kiz be, that be kiz uh brandon kisner might might have something uh to to weigh in on here about um others are welcome to as well if they have this uh if they have this song ready to play for us but you just let Dude, us know the um, this this bridge though Turn it the corner rules. The block, shut the door. Turn the lock. It's open so up this good. Pit. I there have been several moments during this pod, many moments where I've been like, "How's this happening?" And the story from my youth turning into <laughs> amazing lyrics from somebody <laughs> whose identity we don't know. Uh, I mean, this this is what this is why we do this pod. What an yeah. amazing thing. Uh, this made me incredibly happy i'm gonna read these lyrics many times so <laughs> thank you harry uh sorry to uh to slander your your good name and hopefully we can resolve this in the future um but you know keep 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 any other spooky songs that i ripped off coming if you want to yeah exactly amazing amazing love this and top that so we'll close the box on our voicemails and emails close, close that coffin up close it up Till next I have, time. I, I mean, Phantom Cackler followed by those lyrics, like this grin is just plastered <laughs> onto my face. Yeah, I'm a happy guy. And you know what makes me even, that wasn't words. You know <laughs> what will make me even happier, Andrew, is. What's that? The question that I have to ask you. Ooh, I'm intrigued. We have a, we have a segment here we're mm. going to pivot to. Mm. And 
I have I have two questions really. Okay, I'm ready. Question number one. Would you like to play a game? Hell yes. Question number two. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh you think about the answer to that because this week hmm. I have a hellacious quiz on horror movie history. Ooh. How hard will it be for Andrew? Can he make a Herculean effort and be a horror hero? <laughs> so we got some horror movie history questions today. Do you have a go-to favorite? Have we asked this already? I'm sure I've asked this before. In the I mean, famously, not a big not, horror movie fan. Not great with the scary. As I've said many times, uh, the inside of my head already scary and anxious and enough. Fair don't always need more reasons to be afraid but for you it like sort of offsets the reality of the scary world somehow yeah yeah like <laughs> it's like hey get get that anxiety get it out here in the open and let's let's mess around with it yeah i i feel like i don't truly have a go-to because it's not some i i have like movies that i've seen like the shining i've seen yeah. multiple you know, multiple times. I think that's a good answer. But it's, and I, you know, I do, I do love that movie. It's really, it's outstanding. But yeah, it's, I guess I haven't, I've never really put it into those terms. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you think about it as we're going through some horror movie history here. Sure. Settle in if you dare. Mm -hmm. Some of cinema's most famous taglines come from scary movies, which have notoriously pushed the marketing envelope throughout film history with gimmicks and clever advertising. Which notorious horror movie had this famous tagline? To avoid fainting, keep repeating. It's only a movie. Only a movie. Only a movie. Was it A, Psycho? B, The Exorcist? C, Freaks? Or D, The Last House on the Left? I feel like I know the answer to this. Mm. Because... If I'm not mistaken, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put in my answer. Okay. I'm going to lock it in. And then if I'm right, I'll tell you okay. my my reasoning. I believe it is D, last house on the left. Locked in? Locked in. Andrew? Yes. You are correct. Yes. All right. <laughs> um, did I know about this movie Maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago? Absolutely huh. not. Fascinating. The only reason I know this is because Paul F. Tompkins on social media put out the bat signal for a... <laughs> the a, little girl. A commercial that he remembered from his youth. That's actually a different movie. Is it? But you should keep going. Is That's a different movie? Is, is it That like, one's called like... It's it's something similar to that, um, but it's not quite that. Anyway, keep ex explain what he posted because it was great. Because yeah, but it also had a creepy girl in it, and then it, I think it also said this is only a movie. This is only a movie, or it's only a movie. And it's I thought it was something about a house too. The last house on Dead End Street. I do not believe the tagline was "It's only a movie," but. To confirm that, just real quick, I'm going to throw up the trailer for The Last House on Dead End Street. 
what he said was he was trying to place this terrifying commercial he saw when yes. he was a kid yes. with the little girl's the back of her head facing the camera and then she turns around at the end Wow. Remember, it's only a movie. Black House on Dead End Street. So my reasoning was accurate, but wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like I got the answer correct, but uh, it's like when you show your work and it's wrong, but you get the right answer. Well, it's totally fair that you thought that because they clearly do say it's only a movie. Maybe it's the fact that like, okay, so the wording for The Last House on the left was to avoid fainting, keep repeating, it's only a movie. Right. So maybe a bunch of people stole that. This was the first, we'll go with that. But I love how, and and when I and when I did watch that, because that wasn't, I think I maybe heard the title of that movie, but I hadn't seen that commercial until Paul F. Tompkins posted it either. But I was thinking in my head, boy, the last house on Dead End Street sure sounds a lot like the last house on the left. Right. Uh, last house on the left came out in 1972. Last house on Dead End Street came out in 1977. And I think in my head, I was like, and isn't that even the same tagline? <laughs> so that's pretty funny. They were ripping it off left and right. Yeah. Uh, you still get the answer because I, you know, maybe I should have thought about the fact that <laughs> that's similar. I also watched that last week. So maybe it was in my head for that reason. But anyway, I'm sure others used it. But they were the first one to do it. Um, and it was kind of a famous marketing campaign. Um, the poster. I mean, this this movie is intense. And it's Wes Craven's first movie. Ooh. Clearly a talented filmmaker. But it is not one that I would recommend. It is, it is rough going. Um, so the poster says, It rests on 13 acres of earth over the very center of hell. Last house on the left to avoid fainting. Keep repeating. It's only a movie, only a movie, only a movie. And then it says, has a picture of a dying girl and says, Mari, 17, is dying. Even for her, the worst is yet to come. She lived in the last house on the left. So it's like, Jesus. Um, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, good marketing campaign, though. Um, Movies particularly brutal. uh, And that marketing campaign is fairly brutal. Um, So, yeah, they kind of marketed the intense subject matter of the movie by playing that aspect up. So you'd be susceptible to the idea that it's so powerful, you might faint as a way to get people to see it. Um, a really interesting movie. And Wes Craven is a fascinating person. Uh, he went to Wheaton, in case we haven't talked about that on the pod ever, uh, was raised in evangelical and not allowed to see most movies until he got to college. Um, and he started making movies right around the time of the height of the Vietnam War. So a lot of these movies, particularly that one, which is really visceral in its violence, are sort of in reaction to right. what was happening in society at the time. And his movies are often violent, but I would say treat questions of violence seriously, um, even in things like, you know, the original Nightmare on Elm Street or Scream, like even when they get a little um, satirical, I'd say the violence is still like taken seriously in those movies. So anyway, an interesting movie, a notorious campaign you're one for one even if a little yeah. <laughs> off I remember, um, I remember seeing um new nightmare great in movie. middle school and it freaked the shit out of me yeah that's what's great is like i mean that's kind of the proto scream because it gets very meta it's, it's very about meta the making it's very of the franchise yes 
yeah, he it, made the first movie in the series and then they all kind of got the first movie is scary and like not that silly and then afterwards freddy just kind of became like a cartoon hey bitch like that whole thing um and he was kind of like this is dumb so they asked him to make a new one and he's like the only way i I will do that is if i make one that sort of like talks about how dumb this franchise has become um so that's an interesting movie um yes we sort of alluded to that last week in my quiz talking about uh movies that sort of started off like the first one is like dark and gritty and then it just sort of all becomes cartoony yep it's all just swimming around my head and i forget what's in there um anyway you're doing great all right number two among the many things the exorcist is well known for is its reputation as a supposedly cursed production which one of these things did not happen Mm. during the making of the horror classic A, most of the set burned down during production, except for the bedroom of Reagan, the possessed girl at the center of the story. B, an actor in the movie committed a murder in real life before the movie was released. C, some of the takes during filming had to be stopped because of an untraceable sound that the cast and crew described as demonic-like whispering. Or D, during a screening of the film in Rome, a bolt of lightning struck a church across the street from the theater. So three of those are real. One I made up. Which one is it? Another movie I've never seen. <laughs> oh man, might be time. Well, yes, I'm. I'm famous for never seeing a lot of movies that you have on DVD. <laughs> That's true. Um, You're I coming here be, in a few weeks. I might I need will... to. We might need to stay up all night watching some DVDs. I know. We yeah. I will we'll be seeing you for the Carly Rae show. Yeah. In a few weeks. Slash horror movies. Classic combination, uh, pop, uh, pop queen, and horror movies. Uh-huh. Um, burning down, mm-hmm. murder, mm-hmm. voices, mm-hmm. lightning. Yes. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with my gut. Uh, I'm going to go with the one that you made up was the voices, and I believe that's C. C. Final answer? Locked in. Andrew? Yes. You're correct once again. You're right. nailing it. Oh, man. Okay, so I need to hear about this this murder. <laughs> who who murdered somebody? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. Yeah. The actor Paul Bateson, who plays a radiologic, radiologic nurse in the movie and was a former radiographer in real life, was convicted of the murder of film industry journalist Addison Verrill and sentenced to a minimum of 20 years in prison during the just after he had wrapped filming on the movie. Wow. Um, he was also suspected of being a serial killer. Um, other killings that ultimately inspired the movie Cruising, um, which William Friedkin, the director of The Exorcist, went on to direct also, um, which is a movie about Al Pacino going undercover um, in gay clubs in New York to hunt down a serial killer. Uh, he was also on Mindhunter, the Netflix show. So this guy really became allegedly a figure of, um, you know, great interest around the fact that he he was gay. And, you know, this was the 70s in New York. So a lot of the stuff was underground. And some of these clubs were like S&M clubs. Um, and he would, you know, cruise, quote unquote, to use the terminology of the movie and bring home these victims and kill them um including is, this is he still alive 
he is still alive. He is out of prison. Um, so I don't think he's really like admitted to anything, but it's pretty clear that at least the journalist that he killed was, was, you know, that happened. <laughs> so terrifying and weird. Um, but he's in the movie for like one of the more intense scenes in the movie where Reagan goes in for like an MRI and tests and stuff. And he was actually performing the real tasks that you would do, uh, as a radiographer. Um, so anyway, that's weird and terrifying. Um, Yikes. but the other things are also true. Um, in addition to those, uh, the stars of the movie, Linda Blair and Ellen Burstyn, both had permanent spinal injuries as a result of some of the physically demanding things they had to do. Um, just a tough, uh, tough production all the way around on that movie. Um, great movie. And I, I really tried this time. I was like, oh, Andrew's going to know if I make this one up. He knows me, so I'm going to really throw some curveballs, but you just can't. I can't, I can't put it past you. You, you read me too well. I, I feel like the lightning one I did was like the only one right? I knew. That's what, well, oh, I didn't know that until I was preparing for this. So I was like, well, that sounds like I made that up. But no. No, I feel like that's the only one I feel like I heard. Fascinating. So I feel like there are lots of movies in, of this era that yeah. have. What's what's the one with the the girl who uh, ended up dying? Um, Give me more. She's like the with like the staticky TV screen. Oh, the ring. No, 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 no. This what? is this is like the, the OG. Oh, Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Yeah. The girl like died in real life. Yeah, that that uh, little blonde haired girl. She like, yeah, she died when she was really young. No, I don't think I knew that. Went into cardiac arrest. Jeez. Um, where it was discovered it, this was 1988, where she had intestinal stenosis. So I'm not sure what, but yeah, she was only 12. So that's awful. Yeah. Uh, I did not know that, but I will say there's a great series on my beloved streaming service, Shudder <laughs> called Cursed Films, which is like a documentary show about different productions that are supposedly cursed and Poltergeist is one of the episodes, uh, which I haven't watched yet. So I would have known if I watched that, but yeah, the exorcist is in there, the omen, um, Serpent the Rainbow, all kinds of great movies. Uh, Twilight Zone, the movie, of course. That was a tough one. Um, anyway, so two for two. Well done. Can you keep it up? Oof, let's see. Let's find out. Many films try and claim the title of scariest movie of all time, but which one can do so with scientific data on its side? Hmm. Network comparison company Broadband Choices has released an annual study for years that measures the reactions of hundreds of participants to dozens of horror films, observing spikes in heart rates and vitals through monitors. As of this year, which is the scientifically scariest movie of all time? Is it A, Host, from the year 2020, B, Sinister, from the year 2012, C, The Conjuring, from 2013, or D, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, from 1974? Man, John, I think this is going to surprise you, but I've never seen any of those movies. <laughs> what? Um, what if I was like, oh, yeah, like Sinister. <laughs> it's like my go-to, you know, it's just classic. Like, it's my jam. Um, this is this is a, a shot in the dark. Uh, I would be surprised if the Texas Chainsaw Massacre would be considered the scariest, um, especially if they're doing this every year that 
if something like that would be remain the scariest. Um, not that old movies can't be, obviously. Sure. Shining still great, but you know, I'm gonna have to go with host a final answer. Host, the scariest movie of all time. You're saying? Yes. Andrew. Yes. You're correct again. Oof. Three Oof, for that, three. <laughs> that was a lucky guess. Um, I was going honestly. I was going with. What I felt like the most recent yeah movie and maybe the kind of when so when did they start tracking this uh i don't know it's definitely been years um i don't think it's like decades or anything but i remember reading about this you know for the last more than several years at least um but you're right i I would have gotten this wrong probably were i taking it because it is it tends to be that the more recent movies are the scariest um and uh, Sinister, for I think two years in a row, had been number one, mm. which is pretty recent. Um, but that was edged out by host this year. The Conjuring at number three is, uh, or sorry, it was three and then became four this year. Uh, and that's, you know, less than 10 years old. And I threw Texas Chainsaw Massacre in there because I was like, well, where are the classics? <laughs> um, but that's number 15. So Ooh. pretty far down the list. And I think it's like you're saying, you know, people's sort of, taste change uh for me you know i'd consider a lot of the stuff lower down uh scarier than some of these ones at the top but having said that i haven't seen host i've seen the other three um conjuring really good and scary by the way um but host i've been meaning to see um yeah despite its recent entry into the horror canon director rob savage's low budget zoom based horror host increased heart rates by an average of 24 bpm the film has a short runtime and was shot in just 12 weeks entirely through Zoom video conferencing. But uh, yeah, it narrowly edged out uh, last year's Winter Sinister. And I heard really good things about Host when it came out. And it's a clever idea of like, it all takes place in the like, Zoom windows. Um, and, you know, one by one, things happen to the characters. So I've been meaning to watch it. it. Sounds cool. Anyway, you're on fire. Will you will you get a perfect oh, score? Don't. Let's let's not curse me. I'm not trying to curse you like a production of a terrifying Mm. '70s movie, Uh, but you might know. You might might feel good about this one. Ready? The Cenobites of the Hellraiser franchise are some of the most beloved antagonists in horror. Pinhead and his crew of extra-dimensional beings are known for their love of sadomasochism and for their silly names. Three of the Cenobites' names, three of these Cenobites' names, are real, and one I made up. Which is it? Is it A? Face, B, stitches, C, deep throat, or D, butterball. Oh my god! <laughs> also, never seen. Um, Another guy that loves to open the box. <laughs> Pinhead. Yes, Pinhead. Uh, I know there's something with him in a box and yes. some sort of small box. You opened the box. I don't. We know. came. He loves to give you some exquisite pain. That kind of thing. Hmm. Um, I do remember very vividly the poster for this movie in my local grocery store video 
checkout uh-huh. section terrifying in, in salina kansas i'm going to so face <laughs> stitches i'm gonna have to go stitches i'm gonna have to go stitches uh locked in final answer final answer final answer god damn it andrew <laughs> <laughs> you are correct hell yeah <laughs> how did you know that one i don't know i really dude. thought i had a convincing one there no deep the, throat the... butterball come on i don't know uh, i don't know it's i feel like damn it i don't i don't know the tone of the movie i'm just i just like tried to go for like i know i don't know maybe maybe i don't know man i can't there's i can't come up with my reasoning I'm just, <laughs> i even this... had a f- few in there that i was like nah that's too obvious stitches that sounds like that sounds like a cenobite and i guess butterball and maybe... deep throat i mean those are those are ones that like oh surely he threw those in there what's butterball's deal i need a big fat guy (laughs) so it's very sensitive portrayal of him uh that's a bummer yeah so he's a he's a a fat uh dude with like like needles in his face no only well not only but pinhead's really the only one with a bunch of shit in his face uh i mean they have they have different kinds of shit in his face uh i should here i'm googling butterball hellraiser see this guy <laughs> oh my god he just got a lot of a lot of chins and he's kind of wormy <laughs> um yeah he's so damp <laughs> they're all kind of damp why is he so wet i mean they're all kind of wet I don't know. <laughs> they're doing their thing um i think this is uh i think that's deep throat there is this Let's all of them I... those are the, like the main core the the, the foursome kind of there's deep throat she's got some shit in her face too oh okay she's the high priestess of hell in case Ooh, you're that's, curious that's her um and uh face i don't remember face i just saw that one i was like that's good uh he's got a his face is coming off which makes sense all right four for four we got one more here can you crush it i think you can i think you're gonna have a perfect five for five and this is after two for five last for last week for me which is standard anyway here we go ready producer william castle was a pioneer in horror movie gimmicks and conceptualized many elements of theatrical presentation that made his films famous although each of these answers is a real theater gimmick used for films release castle only came up with three of them which one didn't he create we got a house on haunted hill which was presented in emerjo in which a skeleton with red-lighted eye sockets floated on a wire over the audience. The Tingler, presented in Percepto, in which vibrating motors were attached to the bottom of some audience member's seats. Scent of Mystery, presented in Smellovision, which injected 30 different odors into the theater's seats when triggered by the film's soundtrack. Or D, 13 Ghosts, presented in Illusiono, in which audience members were given a handheld ghost viewer to see ghosts through during through uh, to see ghosts through during segments of the film. Which one didn't William Castle create? Well, Bill Castle. Um, all seem like very immersive ways to watch a film. I've never been to a film in which something like this was ever utilized. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would love it and have it be have it feel like oh wow or if it'd be like distracting and take me out of the movie right 
Um, I'm gonna have to go with smell of vision that he did not come up with smell of vision. Andrew, <laughs> yes. I'm here to tell you. Oh no! In this third week of Magnified Pod, yeah, that you have achieved a perfect score. Woo! That is correct. Hell yeah! Well done, sir. Oh my god, is this um, is this like the <laughs> is this like the opposite of your? Uh, superhero quiz where you're like <laughs> yeah maybe like, I love superheroes and then I'm like I don't know anything about I horror. think you've been hiding a secret horror cinephile history <laughs> that I'm not aware of I don't know man I don't know what to tell you and it's not like I can even say I'm just good at tests because I'm also not good at tests <laughs> I think you're good at the ones that I give because maybe I'm not always nailing uh no, <laughs> which, this was which one I'm lying about, but no, this was a good, a really good and very interesting quiz. I'm, I, I wish, I, I, I wish I could be. I wish into, I did worse. I know. I wish I could be into horror movies because yeah, it's such an interesting subculture that is so rich with stories that I, I would like to be able to. I like spooky stuff yeah. in in theory, but I just right. I, I just don't know if I, I just don't like watching people die i guess <laughs> i understand that um my quick aside on that before i celebrate your win further is to say my favorite kinds of stories are the ones that are about sort of like a particular society at a particular time so like a period drama if you will about a like an event that happened or society or something and i feel that ghost stories are the most effective way to tell those kinds of stories often so it's like mm. i like the spooky stuff but i usually like what they have to say about whatever sort of people or culture or whatever that story has come out of and i feel like ghost stories are often a way to sort of like confront the troubling aspects of a society that they haven't confronted you know what i mean, I mean um, like a blue-eyed model girl in a box exactly exactly like that um and I love horror movies because I love movies, period. And I feel like horror movies are such a celebration of all the things that cinema can do, like visuals and framing and movement of a camera and editing and music. Like it just, I feel like horror movies are able to, in some of the best ways, like use all the elements that make movies effective. So those are why I love them so much. Um, you did great. I think if you would have given me this quiz, I, I would have certainly gotten some of them wrong. Um, uh, but yeah, smell of vision. I questioned because I'm like, well, the other ones are just they just end in O. There's no vision at the end there. But smell of vision was created by Hans Laub. Uh, similar concepts that came later included smellorama, aromarama, and today that 40x technology, um, which I haven't done either. And I'm with you that I'm like not particularly drawn to it. This is where they like can like punch you in the seat and like release mist and smells into the crowd. And I'm like, I don't know if I need that. I do like seeing an IMAX movie and being close to the screen and having it so loud that it like shakes my seat. Like I'm into that, but I don't know that I need like things flying at me or <laughs> smells in my face or any of that stuff. I understand it as a gimmick, but I kind of want the movie to stand on its own. Having said that, I love Avatar deeply. I saw it three times in MX 3D when it came out. I got it on DVD and never watched it once in the last 10 years, <laughs> partly because I'm like, well, that's so much of the experience was watching it like that. They re-released it and I missed my window to see it. It was in IMAX 3D again. And I'm like, 
Well, I could either do that or watch it at home, and I'd so much rather do the other thing. But like, I'm pumped for Avatar 2, man. I feel like everybody was skeptical, and I understand if you don't like Avatar, but like, it's maybe not the greatest, most original story, but like the experience of watching it was like one of the best cinematic experiences I've had. So I feel like there's a lot to be said for that sort of, you know, the presentation of like IMAX 3D, like experience a movie that way. So yeah. Yeah, say what you want about James Cameron. He makes get a tub of popcorn. He makes he makes yep. a movie. Hell yeah. As far as like movies, yes. nobody does it better. I mean, people people may do it, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call movies, like if Spielberg, whoever does that, but like cinematic spectacle for throwing back some popcorn. I mean, Cameron's Cameron's the king. So we're talking, we're talking Titanic, mm. we're talking Terminator. Mm. We're talking one of my all-time favorites, True Lies, man. True Lies great. True Lies. We got Arnold, got Jamie Lee Curtis, it got mm-hmm. Tom Arnold, <laughs> got uh Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Yeah, RIP. I love Bill Paxton. Yes. He was so 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 good. Are there some problematic yeah, tropes about, you know, uh terrorism yes among other things (laughs) but you know so so many classic arnold lines in that movie i'll say this james cameron yeah taking his sweet fucking time with with avatar but if it's worth it it's worth it it's gonna be great uh t2 aliens also in the mix yeah oh there you go um anyway i'm excited t2 maybe one of the greatest action uh pseudo horror suspense Movies? Yeah, certainly some thriller. I don't elements. know. I don't know where you put the what put Terminator. Uh, I mean, the first Terminator is certainly more horror feels adjacent horror adjacent. than T two. Yeah, both great in different ways. Um, T yeah. two, one of the earlier R rated movies I saw. Yeah, with hundred percent more lying to cops. <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, William Castle, by the way, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but uh, those movies are or great, most of those movies. And there's a great Joe Dante movie called Matinee starring Jod Goodman, which is about William Castle. Hmm. Anyway, that's the quiz. Well done. Thank you. Um, nice to put on the Quizmaster pants occasionally, but I know who the real quiz, quiz daddy is around here. So <laughs> I'll you. take the mantle occasionally, but but happy to pass it back to you. Pass those pants um, back. <laughs> this, this, the, the Brotherhood of the Traveling Quiz Pants. <laughs> <laughs> um and on that note, <laughs> yes. Should we take a break and come back and talk some SS Bounty Hunter? Yeah, I think we should. When we come back, we're talking that SS Bounty Hunter album, Serpents for Eggs. I'm Avery Smith, and I'm here to invite you to Blessed Are the Binary Breakers, a multi-faith podcast of transgender stories. Whatever your own relationship to gender and spirituality may be, you will find yourself enriched by the stories shared by my guests, who so far have ranged in religion from Christian and pagan to Jewish, Sikh, atheist, and beyond, and have hailed from the U.S., Chile, Poland, Australia, and more. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts, or read along with episode transcripts by visiting blessedarethebinarybreakers.com. See you there. Hey, John. Hey. 
Have you heard of Small Step Records? You know, the name is familiar, but, but tell me more. Well, Small Step Records is a faith-based DIY record label with mm-hmm. bands that are melodic punk, pop punk, easycore, emo, and ska. And they have some new albums and new bands releasing records right now on all streaming services. You should check them out. Andrew, not only that, Ooh. they are Magpot's first official sponsor. Oh, really? Starburst got nothing on these guys. All mm. right. These guys are the real deal. <laughs> uh, the tagline is love God, love others, listen to pop punk. You can go to smallsteprecords.com, check out the cool records and merch and bands they have, and we will be, through their generosity, offering some giveaways in the coming uh, weeks and months uh, on our socials of some of these Small Step Bands records. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Also, John, unlike some record labels, which may have come up over the course of the podcast, the artists on Small Step always keep 100% of the rights and ownership of their music. Yes. So any money that goes to Small Step goes directly back into supporting the bands. This is a label with integrity. So you yeah. love to see it. Love to see it. Small Step. Check them out. Smallsteprecords.com. We're back. Spooky in here. Yes. Talking SS Bounty Hunter. Talking serpents for eggs. Yes. Which is a very weird album (laughs) title. Everything about them in this album is very weird. Um, You said it, John. I already know the answer to this. But when did you first hear of SS Bounty Hunter, Andrew? Probably last year when yes. someone suggested them and it was probably around the same reasoning that we didn't cover them last year that why we didn't cover um, Mercury Mercury radio theater is like, it's like, oh, there's no lyrics really. A lot of instrumentals. Yeah. Most, a lot of instrumental. <laughs> what do we, so uh, and we're like, oh, this is a little too weird, maybe for yeah. for the first Magnifite pod. <laughs> right. Um, I, I'm enjoying it because we're really descending into the depths of the weirdness of this. Uh, this sub-genre. season, this season, we're getting very niche. Very niche. Pod. <laughs> I've had a couple people be like, I haven't heard of anybody that you guys have been covering on the podcast like in a couple months. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> well, <laughs> what can I tell you? Magnifite pod. I'm here for it. I've really been enjoying it. So I hope others are too. But yes, uh, we had a few people suggest them last year, but in particular, I found this email from Patreon punk Jared, who suggested covering them and said, their live show centered on a guy whose main purpose was to intimidate the audience by pointing at people, swinging nunchucks and cutting things with a sword. There's also another guy who would come out with a gun and a walkie talkie, pretend to get a message, then whisper in the first guy's ear. Then they would both point to someone in the crowd. Then they later grabbed what must have been a fake or what must have been a plant from the audience and taped the guy to a chair, Reservoir Dog style, cut him up, fake blood and all, then dragged him off stage. Then at the apex of the show, they dragged a body-shaped mass wrapped in garbage bags out on stage and chucked it into the crowd. All this while the band played surf rock. Pretty entertaining. (laughs) So I couldn't forget that description. That's a description you don't forget. And they've been on the list since last year. Uh, Yeah. But... 
one of the more mysterious bands we've covered. Um, hard to find a lot of information about these guys. And I will say a, a couple of people have come through uh, since we, we talked about Mercury Radio Theater with some additional information, which I appreciate. Um, so same, same question here. If folks have more info and details about us as Bounty Hunter, you let us know. But I believe the lineup was John Dees on vocals and guitar, uh, Becky Pleman or Plemon on vocals and keyboards, Josh Plemon, Adam Fletcher, and Mike Coles. Um, any any and, Jesse Plemons on here? <laughs> Jesse Plemons is not available, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. Uh, that'd be so awesome if he was just like the background, like <laughs> rhythm guitar player. Um, John Dees, uh, also referred to as the head bounty hunter, mm. uh, was in the band Clay. I think it was a hardcore band uh, before SS Bounty Hunter. And both bands played Cornerstone a lot. Um, SS Bounty Hunter, not kind of known for these infamous Cornerstone shows. And I think that's where most people knew them from. I believe they formed in the mid to late 90s in Anna, Illinois, which is in Southern Illinois. Um, and they've got a whole sort of mythology that I can't <laughs> totally unpack although I look forward to trying to do that with you tonight about this album, but uh, Opus Magazine interviewed him in 2000 and they asked about the band name. And he said, the SS stands for serum seed, which is our paraphrase for the Holy Spirit. A serum is an antitoxin. It's something that cures an illness that you have in your body. And the seed is something that is planted inside of us. It's the serum seed. The more it grows, the more that serum can work against the human illness in our bodies. That's what the Holy Spirit is. A bounty hunter is someone that receives a bounty by either bringing someone into captivity or putting someone to death. The SS bounty hunters are bounty hunters that are controlled by the serum seed, the Holy Spirit. The serum seed directs them as to what things either need to be brought under captivity or put to death. By doing those things, the SS bounty hunters receive a bounty. So <laughs> that's a lot. And I don't fully know how to take it. Um, I like to think of it more as some sort of ominous black ship um, yes i know i, I see not they had some, and not that convoluted right i assume they sort of had complicated some, like, explanation yeah i guess i just thought there was like a pirate thing here but there isn't they were just like yeah they came out in like suits and killed people in the audience and stuff it's wild i love that this was at a christian festival and like again we can we can talk about the degrees to which these spooky Christian bands are effective or not effective in terms of sort of their theology and their approach. But I just love that it exists regardless. Like I love right. that there's a band whose whole deal was like uh, killing people in, <laughs> in gruesome ways in their live show playing at Christian festivals. Um, yeah. But they were uh, very theatrical, obviously known for audience participation, uh, threatening the crowd, nunchucks, weapons of all kind. Um, and their first record was a self-titled concept album released in 1997 uh, about a day in the life of a bounty hunter. And that had a much more surf sound uh, as we've come to expect from a lot of these bands. There's definitely like a surf element. And the record we're talking about today has surf elements, um, but they intentionally said they wanted to go weirder and darker. And uh, I think they succeeded at that. Um, there's some surf there's definitely some electronic elements, a lot of dance beats. Um, there's some goth rock, I would say. Um, I saw one subgenre referring to them as minimalist. Ooh, yeah, I like that. Because sometimes it does feel like 
there's a lot of sparseness and lots yeah. of space in things yeah. happening. Some lo-fi things going on too. I think that's part of what makes them so effective and effectively creepy. Um, I'm here for it. I it it's garbled, it's sinister. <laughs> there's some wild stuff here. It's all unsettling. Um, as we said, like maybe half the songs on the record are instrumentals. Um, but I don't know, man. I love this. I really like every song on this album. I'm very here for the style of sound and the vibe in the world they've created. Um, and I, I, there are elements of it that are disturbing, and I think intentionally. Um, although when I read his sort of goal or thesis statement about what they're doing, I'm a little bit like, uh, uh, I don't know. Because um, some of these songs are sort of mysterious, and I would say there's sort of a loose concept album here, maybe. Um, certainly stories told with like metaphorical intent. Yeah. But I'm not always as sure about the metaphor, like uh, not even in terms of like, does this work? Just more like, do I even understand what the metaphor might be? Um, but I think a lot of sort of like spiritual warfare, certainly, um, grisly imagery, Im um, violent lyrics. You know, as we said, they had a violent stage show. Um, but But certainly nothing explicitly Christian either. They don't go out of their way to make any of this obvious and it's really only if you're kind of looking for what the metaphor might be i think that you can kind of pull on that but i saw somewhere that they said maybe they were inspired by psalms and like the telling of these you know violent or tragic stories through that lens there's sometimes in this where i'm like is the bounty hunter the hero the villain is this like is there a relationship that forms here is the bounty hunter or the victim jesus like i don't know so i'm curious to hear I, I don't know. I just, I see a lot of uh, Jesus's crucifixion, death and resurrection. Yes. In a lot of this, like just in the, just in the song titles too. Right. You know, beating, uh, secrets in blood, break my heart, break your heart. Just before yeah. you die by Don, I am silenced. Mystery, broken, I stand. This all sounds like a very linear death of jesus and like crucifixion and resurrection sort of like just by yeah. just by the titles of the tracks alone maybe i'm reading too much into that but no i, I think you might be there, there there has to be an element of jesus sacrifice to the stuff it's too like baked into the whole idea right where i sort of question things is like who's murdering whom <laughs> and mm -hmm. like sometimes it feels like we're cheering for who is supposed to be Jesus as he's maybe like murdering somebody. So I don't know. It feels a little bit like some of those neon horse songs where I'm like, what are we, if you, if you kind of peel this back, right. are we like celebrating stuff that I want to be celebrated? Um, right. But maybe that's the point too, is like, it's not really a celebration. Like this is creepy stuff. Um, yeah. So I don't know. You mentioned sort of minimalist. Uh, one of the things that ran me with this band section 25, which was like an English, post-punk electronic band from the 80s um and they too have like these kind of big space in their sounds and spooky synths and it's kind of that vibe so i am here for all this i i like the spooky synths and they're the many ways they're employed here um yeah i don't know i'm, I'm, I'm into all of it but we should say this was released uh serpents for eggs was released may 6th 2001 on velvet blue it was written, recorded, and produced by
by the band at Room 12 Studio in Jonesboro, Illinois, which is also Southern Illinois. And anything beyond that's kind of a mystery. There's not much by way of credits. Um, you can find on Discogs the the liner notes and the lyrics yeah. and stuff if you want to look more into that. Um, yep. But that's about it as far as information. These are the only two records they did. So um curious, again, if folks have more information or thoughts in general. But yeah, another band I would have been fascinated to to see live, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, excited to dig in. Well, in last week's episode, you and I are, we're both very much on the same page uh, about Mercury Radio Theater and the, sort of the power of the storytelling mm-hmm. between the songs, which really set the tone for the for the like even though there was like so little lyrically happening mm-hmm. on mercury radio theater i feel like there was just something so profound yeah with that record and musically i was so into it yeah. and this this is just like really not <laughs> my vibe yeah it's just it's again i avant-garde stuff weird stuff like i'm into uh, obviously I love Tom Waits. Like, so yeah. it's not, it's not like, oh, I don't like weird artsy stuff. It's yeah. like, that's just, that's sure. not true. But I don't know. This is, um, this is a different strain. Of yeah. That. It's not, it's not hitting for me. Sure. And I'm, again, I'm open to, very much open to the conversation about like what I might be missing lyrically. Sure. Um, and there's some stuff that like really cool, very atmospheric, and I really enjoy it. But, uh, it also just seems like eh, I'd probably rather like just see them than yeah maybe sit down and listen to the to like the record. I think that's probably true of a lot of these Magnified Pod bands is perhaps <laughs> crafted for a stage presentation more than just yeah sitting around listening to them. Yeah. Um and I think most people who went to Cornerstone, you know, especially in those sort of early 2000s years have some stories to share about a lot of these bands we've been talking about. And that's kind of, I think, the main appeal is these 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 theatrical live shows that people began to know these bands for, and that was the draw. So a bit of a different thing to just listen yeah. to the record without that context 20 years later. But Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I it, it took, I was always into it, but the first couple listens, I was like, boy, this is this is pretty out there. And it really took a few listens to really get hooked into the wavelength they were on and once i did i was just like i really like every song on here so eager to talk about it all right let's get into it opening track beating my number two okay cool i 
the the songs that really highlight the fuzzy or deep sort of resinous mm-hmm. synth part yeah is those kind of those kind of hook me and that yeah something that's like a little hooky earwormy yes um but the, yeah there's like lots of washing yes. happening and the sort of the creepy whispery sinister yeah. sounding vocals too make it uh-huh. like having that be the start the starting track is just like <laughs> this is weird what is happening i think that's what was kind of throwing me the first couple times is like yeah immediately it hits you with the which they sound like kind of bad and like flat and like creepy and i assume that's all on purpose um very thin very thin and then yeah the creepy vocals the sort of like one track talking like this and then another track of a whispered vocal layer on top and the first time i heard those that first 30 seconds i was like am i is this going to be a rackets and drapes situation (laughs) where it's like (laughs) we're so goth can you believe it like but I don't think it is that. Um, it's not sort of like weird for weird sake, because I feel like each song, for the most part, sort of settles into a song structure that I'm like, oh, even if they're weird, a lot of them do have a sort of traditional structure. And as you said, they're, a lot of them are very hooky. Like they know their way around a catchy central hook. So the like both the sort of cheap sounding and then the warbly like spooky synth that comes in on top of that i'm just like i love it i love the like combination of these two things um that drum machine and then the synth bass that comes in um where just like all of that sort of feels assaultive when it all comes in at once so it's kind of fast but then it slows down for sort of like a chilled out groove that gets like i don't know i guess it's an extended bridge where the whole thing just like slows down to a different time signature and then picks back up again in a fast way um, with that central riff again for the ending. But I don't know. I, I really like it. Certainly a weird start to the album, um, but I like the, the sort of creepy tone it sets immediately. Um, lyrically, like intensely violent. <laughs> um, I assume it's sort of the experience of the first victim of the bounty hunter on this album like it's almost teetering on the edge of nihilistic in the way that some metal bands can be in their lyrics where it's almost like reveling in death or murder but this to me feels like purposeful for the story they're telling and the metaphor they're using even if i can't always track what the metaphor is like i said but so it starts out my eyes are seeing something nothing at all and then gets to empty empty slowly I couldn't see destruction's advocate and gradual defeat, defeat, defeated. And that's how it ends. It's like a person dying in real time. So I'm like, who is destruction's advocate? Is that Satan? Because like Satan wants destruction or is it God? Because God is like an advocate for people who are being destroyed. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I hope I survive this beating. I hope yeah. I faint in your arms. Hold my empty husk. Ugh. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough. I don't know who's being beaten here. I don't know if it's humans who are trying to, you know, we're being beaten by sin or right. if um, or if this is Jesus being beaten and he's like, God, you've forsaken me. Yeah, could be. I hope I survive this. I like that read. I'm going to go with that one. 
am I seeing nothing at all? You know, I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's dark. I, I couldn't mean... see Destruction's advocate. Maybe he's like, God sent me here to die, and now I can't, you know. Mm. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. I like that. I mean, I think there is an easy way, especially after e- reading that interview that I read, an excerpt from, to see this as another of many sort of bands we've covered in Magnified Pod thematically, where it's like, it's all about sin and like falling into the clutches of sin and fighting that sin. Um, yeah. Which again, like, it's not like I'm opposed to that. It's just like, and I guess it's an easy metaphor if you're a spooky band talking about evil stuff to have it be like sin. But if, if it truly is just like as simple as like, well, we're bounty hunters and we're bounty hunters who are employed by the Holy Spirit to kill the wicked. It's like, that kind of is a bummer. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it, it it's interesting stuff. I, I like the song a lot, but yeah, I think, I think there's probably more, even though it's like the band, the band are murderers in their show. <laughs> I guess it's it's all to sort of uh, evoke Jesus' experience in some way. Anyway, I don't, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, interesting titled Officer Down. mention this is a uh an instrumental instrumental uh it's also my number one. Oh, fascinating okay <laughs> not in your top three no it's not tell me more um i'm glad that you chose this as the theme song to use this week because this to me is the obvious choice like that central hook that starts immediately is just so halloweeny and spooky i love that melody and the sound of the guitar and the synth it's like it's such a great spooky central riff um i don't know i just i love it it's a really cool vibe i think the synths sound awesome again here that hook modulates where it's like you know where it goes up and i'm just like oh you can go anywhere with this little this little melody and it keeps descending like it's just i don't know i it, there's no vocals, but it really it really hooks me, and I like the sound they establish here. I added it to my Halloween playlist, which is the highest compliment I can afford a spooky <laughs> band. Um, I don't know. I I not long into the song, uh, everything drops out except for the guitar, and then it slows down. Um, and the band comes back in, but it's still a slower, still spooky groove, and then it kind of goes into this whole trippy, creepy section. Um, and then the hook comes back in at like minute three. So it's a long one for them. It's uh, four and a half minutes. Um, but I really like the sort of the journey that it takes you on. And I, 
I guess I'm just here for, I don't mind at all spooky instrumental. Oh, no, absolutely not. Stuff at Halloween. So I guess it just, it floats my penis, as you would say. Yeah, it it doesn't float mine fully. Um, it's not like I dislike it. There are just other songs that we're, I think we're looking for different things in spooky songs. Sure. Just a good vibe. Um, good vibe. Just doesn't go really sure. go anywhere yeah I mean, no i, I it can doesn't it doesn't justify an almost four and a half minute sure time. and i'm more like let let the sonic landscape wash over me in a spooky way um as you said an obviously provocative title in officer down yeah i'm not sure what's happening um perhaps it's another victim of the bounty hunter perhaps the bounty hunter is being referred to as an officer is Christ the officer? <laughs> I don't know. But I don't know. Don't, uh, don't want Jesus being referred to as a cop. No, no, thank you. Not for me. Um, yeah, you know, you know that classic story of uh, Jesus going into the temple and being like, stop resisting. Right. Oh, uh, boy. Um, no, I don't, I don't. It could just be like a, an ominous title for an ominous title's sake. But sure. Um, I don't know. Into it. Into it very much. Serpents for eggs. Yeah. This is my number three. Okay. It's my number two. All right. Good shit. Yes. Really dark and weird guttural. Yeah. Low. I don't, I don't have any like artsy or flowery language for what the <laughs> synths sound like. It's that, that deep rumbly bass, bass that when you hear it live, like shakes in your guts. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's great. I, the, kind of a similar melody here to the last song um but i it works for me a great a great synth sound here and a great melody that that simultaneous synth bass line that you're talking about with the higher on top of it just like what a great combo so cool having those together yeah comes in with those live drums like immediately you're just like ooh, live drums (laughs) like drum machines have their place on this record but when you hear actual you know, symbols clanging around. You're like, this is great. Um, and it's just a really catchy melody of a hook. Uh, it does that thing I love where it's like, where it's like an ascending vocal melody mm-hmm. while the instrumental melody is like, like the descending mm-hmm. instrumental with the ascending vocal. I just love that combo. Always works so well for me. And I mean, we have her vocals here, which kind of start out spoken word for the verses and then move into these cool ethereal female vocals for the chorus. And anytime she's singing 
like that on this record i'm just hooked i think you know i'm a sucker for just like ethereal female vocals in general but when they're like got some spooky synths under them I'm just like this is <laughs> this is the best the um, death toll merchants as some have known mm. we dream of serpents and cast our stones Pretty good line. In this elite empire, we walk through the flames to feed on any blood waiting for sweeter veins. It's pretty good. Those are the same lyrics I wrote down. Yeah. Um, so that's the, that's the first verse in the chorus that you just read there. But is it bounty hunters or their victims? I guess it's the targets of the bounty hunters, like dreaming of wicked things and judging others, if we're using that metaphor. Because um, it's like we dream of serpents and cast our stones. Uh, maybe that's what it is are the bounty hunters the death toll merchants i, I think so um so maybe they're dreaming of the sort of wickedness and they're casting their stones in the sense of are the judging them by the killing eggs? them yeah maybe i wondered if i'm not sure what the title means but it sounds deep <laughs> it sounds like there's a lot there and i will say i wondered if it was uh possibly based on isaiah 59 5 which says they hatch the eggs of serpents and spin a spider's web Whoever eats their eggs will die. And when one is broken, an adder is hatched. So like those who plan wicked schemes and execute them are bringing destruction upon themselves. Uh, you know, to eat of the eggs is to fall in with evil schemes and be ruined. So perhaps that. It's um, a pretty metal sounding psalm. <laughs> it's pretty, hell yeah. They hatch the eggs of serpents. Whoever eats their eggs will die. Eggs, those um, serpents, eggs. I mean, serpents for eggs is just a cool concept, whatever it is. But yeah. I think the idea of, you know, um, if the, if they're thinking of themselves as the smiters of the wicked on God's behalf, I could see it sort of being like, oh, the wicked who are eating these serpents' eggs are going to die by our hand. They brought it upon themselves, that kind of thing, maybe. Um, but I, I don't know. It's, easy, it's easy to associate, like, wickedness uh, in some of these horror christian bands with sin and, and getting pulled into that like i said but i don't know this feels like a specific kind of wickedness not just like lust or whatever um and obviously what isaiah is talking about is like the wicked like the powerful the wicked who are sort of um controlling a society in an unjust way so i like to think that that's more <laughs> the kind of uh smiting that they're bringing but i don't know I, I don't even know if that's what it means i don't know if isaiah has anything to do with this but it could be you know john when we start our horror punk band uh -huh. All of our songs, as we've said, are going to be about like, you know, surfing vampires and skateboarding werewolves uh -huh. playing guitar. No metaphors. Also, what's that? No metaphors. <laughs> no metaphors. Just like werewolves and like monsters uh, beating up the rich and like. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't man. know, like, you know, destroying, destroying Teslas and. Yeah. And like Dracula took down the one percent. Yeah, hell yeah. That's the title there. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> Dracula's like feeding on the veins of Wall Street. Yeah, this is good shit. Write this down. <laughs> Sounds like a concept album for us. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, man. Monsters destroying capitalism sounds like kind of surf rock <laughs> album I can sink my teeth into. Um, oh man, hell yeah! And can you imagine the music video of like you and me dressed up as monsters, <laughs> like getting arrested on Wall Street or something, <laughs> like a la Rage uh, Against the Machine? Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, uh, sleep down the fire style. Yeah, let's can um, we get Zach De La Rocha to join our our horror surf punk band. I mean, he's not doing anything. Ooh, Sorry, Zach. too soon. Um, yeah, too. Uh, 
single tear formed in my eyes. I was <laughs> making the joke. Um, yes. Can't wait for that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know exactly what the target is here, but it, it's super cool. <laughs> Obviously it's the titular song. It seems to have the most uh, plays on the album. So I'm guessing this is kind of, if there was one they were sort of well known for, I don't think there was any sort of like single push here, but I would guess this would be it. So I mean, you're right. It does have 1,300 plays, Not and they many. are getting 18 monthly listeners. So oh man, that bums me out. I, this is cool stuff. <laughs> it is, but John, it's like it is even in the, the niche, niche within a niche within a niche, niche audience <laughs> that we have. The Russian nesting doll of. <laughs> Russian Christian nesting doll punk. of uh, the Christian alternative scene, and then going into like the indie, you know, more indie bands, and then getting into the indie horror bands of yeah. the how deep how deep can this go, John? Right. Um, little hint for next week that we may cover some similar terrain in certain ways, but this is probably the weirdest the Christian scene can get right like next week well i meant i meant this week but but we do touch on bands that also went for that in different ways next week yeah um but 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 truly the sort of edges of the christian scene with some of this stuff like yeah right it's creepy just for any scene and so for a christian scene extra creepy yep all right join me john as we walk through the flames Mm. This really so cool, cool song yeah this would also, be also instrumental sorry go ahead no no i'm just saying it's also an instrumental um this was this is like giving me some like matrix soundtrack kind of oh, interesting <laughs> vibes. yeah i could see that some drum machine beats in there yeah i think with a with anything that's instrumental it has to hold its own with the melody which i think this one this one definitely does totally i yeah i I said earlier this this would be my top five. I it's got this kind of long reverby guitar intro, as we heard before settling into the which is like a riffier hook, hearkening back to their surf roots a little bit. But then these like sort of twinkly synth line comes in on top of it, the like and like oh this is cool like a cool sound a really cool melody especially on that chorus. Um, yeah, I just love the melody what the synth line is doing there. 
on top of all the other stuff. I think once that kicks in, it really comes together for me. And I'm like, oh, this is this is great. That's what it, that was what like kind of surprised me about this record as a whole is like a lot of it feels sort of inaccessible when they start, and then they all, right. for the most part, sort of settle into like, oh, there's just like a hooky melody here <laughs> at the center of this weirdness. But yeah, anyway, I just want it to sound a little better. Nah, keep it shitty, bro. <laughs> new mag pod merch in the store keep it <laughs> shitty what did we All say right. before mostly mostly fine a little shitty mostly fine a little shitty yeah, yeah, we should make some shirts with that too <laughs> the mag pod slogan of right uh that's our the... established 2018 yeah mostly fine a little shitty <laughs> all right secrets in blood <laughs> The longest song, almost six minutes. Yeah. But here we go. Hell yeah. This is my number one. Uh, this song absolutely rules. I really like this one. Yeah. Um, this is like three songs in one. Yes, it is. They're like th- three kind of separate sections of the song. Yeah. And this one, the first couple minutes of the song, the first two minutes are like, would be very much perfect for anybody's spooky Halloween playlist. Yes. Yeah. like has this as this organ sound so yeah good. and the the tremolo guitar yeah just sounds so really great um but then it sort of shifts about almost two minutes in spooky so cool i don't know if that's like if i'm hearing theremin on this record or if it's just like, synths that sound just theremin. Synth, yeah synth theremin adjacent synths or something yeah. but it's got that <laughs> it sure does sound which i'm into yeah. we uh we haven't even gotten to the vocals no we which haven't. come in <laughs> almost four minutes in yeah and i love that too so if we could hear some of that in this next section yeah
so great. Yeah, John, why don't you read some of those? Just not very many lyrics. So why don't you read? Well, they're pretty, they're pretty intense on this one as well. Yes. <laughs> Which I think from the perspective of the bounty hunter this time. Um, but it's this is the end of all we'll know of you. So cry into those hands before they strike you down. Secrets I send written in blood from you. I want to hear cries from deep beneath the ground. <laughs> Yeesh. I want to hear your cries. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I want to hear your cries from deep beneath the ground. Yeah. Um, which is what a line that is. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a that's a that's a Halloween song line. Presumably buried alive. <laughs> yeah. I, I I mean, I guess we're supposed to show off. This is where I'm questioning because I'm like, are we showing off how evil he is, this bounty hunter is? But isn't the bounty hunter like the agent of justice? So I don't, I don't know. I clearly someone's being murdered, and <laughs> the person doing the murdering is like, "Yeah, I want you to cry. I'm writing things in your blood. I want to hear you cry from deep beneath the ground." Just like, "Geez, this is this is intense stuff." Um, and yet it's delivered in this beautiful melody and like again dreamy female vocals um again feeling very twin peaksy here for me sure i might be looking for twin peaks everywhere i go but this is straight up this is a like julie cruz from twin peaks like sound um but yeah i i totally agree with everything you said I, the first section the reverby surfy guitar intro with the drum machine then that great organ sound that's also like sp spooky reminiscent of horror surf rock stuff but then it surprisingly takes this turn and just like the, the song structure and where it goes, like, even though, as you said, it's a really long one, it's almost six minutes. It doesn't, I don't mind it. It feels great. Yeah. Like it, it's not like, Oh, we're still on this one. It like keeps taking interesting turns. And there's so many sections of that would make a great right. background score to some, like some of it is like a fun spooky movie. Some of it is like a serious part of a scary movie. Like, as you said, that sort of, cool distortion and feedback section that comes in with like the theremin sound all over it for a while right just vibes baby vibes for days on this one <laughs> so great yeah into it i like i like your choice number one so we both have uh our top three yep in the first five songs yeah my top three are the first three songs as they were for last week not in order <laughs> this time but still kind of like all right i guess we're we're done with my faves, but I, I like no. all these. Break my heart. No, oh, that's the name of the song. It's not what John's doing. <laughs> just started getting into some of the vocals there yeah. um 
As we escaped before dusk, we found that your night could not hide our truths. I never suffered so much as when you offered to clean my wounds. Um, it's a good line. I mean, Jesus, right? I think so, but it's <laughs> like, okay. So again, like the victim is escaping the bounty hunter, I guess. But I then I'm, lo- I'm losing the metaphor in a lot of these. I, know. I think I'm, I... I'm, once you explained the SS bounty hunter thing, like, is that <laughs> like, is the bounty hunter supposed to be like the character in the songs? I don't know. Is that just the name of the band? The first album certainly is a concept album about a bounty hunter. So maybe I'm overreaching with this one to make them all about the bounty hunter again. But I guess it's just like, certainly they're all about murder, (laughs) which is what (laughs) bounty hunters do. Um, So, but yes, I mean, it's undeniable that there's a Jesus aspect to this stuff. The, The stuff about offering to clean my wounds. I mean, that's not, that's sort of Jesus-y. I mean, it evokes aspects of the gospels. Um, And then it says, counting the bodies around us while holding the hand, which had stricken them down. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but there's a suggestion of some sort of like establishing a relationship between the murdered and the murderer. Um, So maybe that's, G- <laughs> um, maybe that's like maybe that's jesus maybe that's god the idea of like holding the hand which had stricken them down i guess i had initially seen it as sort of like establishing a relationship with this bounty hunter like getting to know maybe even in a romantic way this person who has been killing people but maybe it's also like Jesus is holding the hand of those who are striking him down. I don't know. There's a lot going on. It's cool. Uh, the fact that it's called Break My Heart and it bleeds right into the next song, which is Break Your Heart. Um, kind of a continuation of the last track. Um, yeah. Which suggests... is a, a uh, even more uh, descriptive disturbing <laughs> yes. song. Yeah, Break My Heart we heard some of those spoken word lyrics. It's a short song, but it's like, I don't know. It's definitely more of a sort of vibey spoken word track than like a proper song. Um, although I'm digging the spooky sense in the drum machine, but where it leads into the next one, I, I like more, at least musically. All right. Well, let's break your heart then. into it i really like those the guitars are like giving me a little bit of a pixies vibe just sort of like twangy and yeah it's you know, weirdly pretty yeah in its way uh. yeah 
I haven't really said anything about any of the vocalists. Hmm. Not, not, not especially strong vocalists. No, but it's again, it's more about vibes, I think, than yeah. um, performance. Yeah. That cool, warbly, spooky central guitar line, as you said, does a lot for me. The like, and just that combined with the female vocal sound, even though it's not like, what an amazing voice. It's just that and the female vocals, and then these cascading synth lines of like, like, yeah, it's just so cool and serene and such a spooky melody. It ends with this like transistor radio modulated synth sound, which is really yeah. cool. Um, Again, just vibes. So many vibes here. Um, and bad vibe. Ooh, yeah. So good. Ugh, that's so great. Oh, hit me. Yes. <laughs> Every spooky song should end like that. John just finished live on the pod. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next week. Um, <laughs> I the, the lyrics, though, are not good vibes <laughs> um break your arms crush your skull shattered wrists it wasn't my goal i didn't mean to make you cry i didn't want to say goodbye i think you knew it from the start i really meant to break your heart there's so many different ways you could take this like okay assuming there is like a bounty hunter here is this the bounty hunter apologizing to the victim is the victim apologizing to the bounty hunter and taking revenge did they like establish a relationship, but then the bounty hunter killed them anyway? Is it all just a Jesus metaphor? <laughs> like, is it Jesus being killed and like God being like, I didn't make you mean to make you cry or like Jesus telling like his followers, like, I didn't mean to make you cry. I don't know. What do you think? My basic read is we are sinners. Sinning hurts Jesus. And I didn't mean to. I don't want oh, to. Oh, like but... I didn't mean to break God's heart by sinning. Yeah, interesting. What about all the arms and skulls and wrists? That's just like, dude, we sent Jesus to the cross because sure. of our sin. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. It's interesting. It's probably like all more straightforward than I'm making it. <laughs> but <laughs> but the bounty hunter is it his arms? <laughs> is he? Is it whose skull? No, you're probably right about all this. Yeah, I didn't mean to make you cry. I guess that's yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. But you know, even if that is what it is, like again, you kind of have to not like look for it hard, but like it's not it's not hitting you over the head with it, right? Like no. it's. No, this is an album that you again very much like Mercury Radio Theater or Neon Horse. Yeah. You're not going to hear right. the Jesus <laughs> if you're not actively looking for it. I hear the Jesus. <laughs> that sounds like a that sounds like a line pushed. from a sermon, Andrew. You're not gonna hear the Jesus if you're not actively looking for him. Anyway. What? How are you gonna hear the Jesus? If you have those AirPods in <laughs> and you crushed my skull, <laughs> yeah, you've severed my neck. Did, did James Hetfield borrow his like <laughs> enunciation from like Southern preachers? I do wish more preachers went Ooh, when they were Ooh, opening yes. up the gospel. <laughs> um, yeah, that's good. Uh, somebody should do it's a like, Metallica. <laughs> mega church pastor if you, if you don't accept jesus you're going to give get fuel and fire and that <laughs> what you desire who's the master master <laughs> of puppets it's satan <laughs> i don't know um this is good stuff though 
Um, is Satan pulling your strings? <laughs> Man, we got it. We got an album to write. We got some sermons we could write. Um, <laughs> real easy sermon. Like there's like sort of a Mad Lib structure to, to certain sermons, right? You can just kind of plug in the. We'll do that. We'll do, we'll do some Mad Lib sermons at some point. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, like as we've said, there's this sort of. And I don't want to put all this on these bands. I don't know what their theology is exactly, but like there's a certain strain of evangelicalism that that loves to relish in the violence of the crucifixion and right. the blood of Jesus and making that about yourself that like Jesus crushed his skull for me. Um, and I don't like the idea of reveling in that for the sake of, you know, just, uh, yeah, we make that joke before about like metal bands being similar to Baptist songs <laughs> where it's like soaking in the blood and stuff like that. Yeah. Get more excited about songs that talk about the the way that Jesus lived and the, the peace that he came to wage and the love that he came to share rather than just like focusing so much on the blood and everything. Um and again, relating that to just like personal salvation. So I don't know if that's what's happening here exactly. I think there's enough going on that doesn't have to be just that. But when things do tip too hard in that direction, I do get a little bit like, oh, what is that what we're talking about? So I don't know. Yeah, I think um, talking about the stuff that he was crucified for would be may maybe a little bit more interesting because we've all heard this album before. We've all heard this song before. Amen, Pastor Andrew. <laughs> just before you die. so cool <laughs> so cool it's just outside my top three i really love this song yeah. um and we didn't even really get to what i love about it but i mean there's that long atmospheric synth intro that we heard and then like that electric piano line over it we heard that brief female spoken word part before the drums and the central guitar hook of the come in there which rule but then when the verse kicks in with these like cool spooky ethereal vocals and big reverby drums behind them that's when i really get into it um right, right right but then the chorus is really what puts me over the top like the com again the combined descending female vocal with the with the great 
central guitar hook that we heard that absolutely rules so if we could hear some of like 204 where that happens really yes <laughs> it's really cool i i like i like this song i like the vibes um more on this song than yeah than some others um but yeah let's should we read some of these lyrics we sure should now the time has arrived the ways that i work will astound us all are you familiar with my ways i have drowned legions of men in their own tears these are my eyes I believe you should now be weeping. No, you will not be missing the breath I'll be keeping with my hand on your head and my feet on the water. Below the sky, let it rush in and let you die. Tonight, I'm taking it all. Tonight, I'm taking the fall. I'm going to bleed all over your body. Rest assured, the taste of blood will satisfy. Again, Very fine line here nose. between like, <laughs> what'd you say? I said this is all very on the nose. Like, well, is um, it though? Is it is it just Jesus making a sacrifice, or is this like the most metal, like murder song? <laughs> like, which one is it? Talking about like the time has arrived, the ways I work will astound us all. Are you familiar with my ways? Like, just before you die, I'm I'm like you know Jesus is dying, and like you should now be weeping. Maybe they're crying that Jesus is dying you know, hand on your head, my feet on the water, you know, because Jesus walked on water. Right. You know, but then it's like, let it rush in and let you die. Like rest assured the taste of blood will satisfy. Like, you know, you, I mean, we're, we're going to die, but like Jesus's blood will Hmm. satisfy us when, when we have the elements, I guess. I'm going to bleed all over your body is like us taking the elements or us accepting Christ. Maybe interesting. It's a lot of different Christological, yeah, uh, metaphors <laughs> that right. I think are just like thrown together in in ways that sound kind of metal. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. Like, I don't think it's. I said it was interesting. <laughs> I said it was interesting. <laughs> um, what, what good does that do? <laughs> what does that do for the greater good? For the greater good. That's what I want to ask about some of these. Is it songs. because she's alone? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess that the, yes, there are obviously things here that evoke Jesus with walking on water and familiar with my ways and taste of the blood satisfying being, you know, an ultimate sacrifice. But I'm also like, what does it mean? It's like let it rush in and let you die. I'm gonna bleed all over your body. Like it. I do think you're right, probably. That it's like, yeah, like, let you die, like, accept death. Um, or, like, die to your former self. Yeah, die okay, to sin. yeah, yeah. That's something that a lot of these horror bands like, is that idea. Um, but I guess I just, it's so, like, you're going to die, and I'm, like, kind of going to kill you. <laughs> like, it feels like you're really, <laughs> a lot of these songs sort of, like, okay, so it's Jesus. But then it's like, wait, is Jesus murdering me? Like, uh, a lot of them sort of walk that line. But you're probably right that it's just... Sort of about, yeah, sacrifice. Uh, you're going to die, and I'm going to be the one killing you. 
that's kind of what it feels like. <laughs> like Jesus is pretty scary on this album. Yeah, I mean, Jesus is, he's been pretty metal. On, I mean, that <laughs> this season, ne- that neon horse. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, invite him. Yeah, invite those people up there. There's people that didn't make me a lot of money. <laughs> right. Fucking kill him. <laughs> kill him. Bring him to me <laughs> so I can kill him. Yeah, this um, is our, this is our album uh, titled Money for Jesus. Right. Again, and I, it makes sense that that's sort of the thematic terrain that these scary bands do because it's not like it's going to be like Jesus loved so well <laughs> and he, you know, undid social norms. Like that's not <laughs> spooky. Like there's a way to do that, I suppose, but it's much easier to be like the blood and the skulls, like murder. <laughs> I don't know. I suppose it makes sense, but yeah, I guess I'm not going to find a, a, a telling of the gospels that moves me within <laughs> The spooky Christian subgenre, um, for the most part, probably not. I think you just want to hear songs about actual werewolves and not like <laughs> I think so, yeah. sinning werewolves. Yeah, and Gay I appreciate sinning werewolves. <laughs> which I, li- I does like sound pretty great. Yes, it does. It does. I like pulling in. I always like thoughtfully pulling in theology and a faith outlook and tying it all together i'm a spooky guy and i enjoy the gospels and profess my faith in god but um yeah maybe it is it comes down to like maybe i don't need my gospels in my werewolf songs and i can just have one or the other i don't know by dawn i am silenced pretty much just vibes just vibes real short one real short um vibing slow burn instrumental i like that sort of like heartbeat like yeah deep drum machine sound there but i think you're right the more that i'm looking at this the sort of progression of break my heart break your heart into just before you die into by dawn i'm silent so now you know jesus has died on the cross he's in the then we get Yep. Then we get mystery after, then broken. I stand, you know, the resurrection. I think you're probably right. And maybe I just didn't have my Jesus goggles on properly. <laughs> but... Dude, you always got to wear your, got to wear your joggles. <laughs> you got to get your joggles on. You got to get your joggles on. <laughs> the joggles are kind of like the goggles that William Castle had people wear to see the ghosts in his movies. Exactly. You got to wear the joggles to catch the Jesus in there. Otherwise, yeah. you might miss him. Yep. Um, Jesus flying over the audience. <laughs> not unlike some things I've seen at church services I've been in. As you're explaining that, as I'm sitting with it, I'm like, oh, I guess it makes. There's still stuff that I like trip on, including the next song that we'll get to. But I do like the idea of sort of. I mean, by dawn I am silenced is a really cool title, and it evokes a yeah, cool feeling. So some of this is like, yeah, I could see playing this, you know, during sort of Lent season and getting some some vibes with the story through some of these songs are the are the eggs and servants for eggs are those like easter eggs mm, those be, like, is the easter bunny a serpent in disguise and those is the, is the serpent going after the bunny or is, are those mm. the eggs that the serpent's going for i think the easter bunny represents the way that 
the consumeristic West has mm. ignored Jesus during the high holidays in favor of exactly material goods. I think the the skull that's been crushed is the Easter bunnies. <laughs> I'll crush that bunny skull. <laughs> oh, you'll hop no more. All right. Uh, the penultimate mystery. <laughs> Another long song. Um, Five and a half minutes. Song's kind of a nightmare. <laughs> but I like it. I don't know what's going on with any yeah. of the, the sounds. <laughs> There's uh, so much atonal stuff going on. Yes, for sure. Which again, if you're sort of very framing it as like flat. Yes. The mystery of sort of, I don't know, the, resurre- the crucifixion and the resurrection, like that takes on an, an interesting. Like, of course, it's sort of atonal and weird. Um, there is a, I mean, yeah. Not we got... to be confused with atonement. <laughs> exactly. Atonal atonement. Yes. At one mint, I was taught, it means. Yes, I know. Ugh, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, cool, spacey female vocals, cool, creepy melody, Um some electronica beats. There's a really cool synth bass sound that comes in a little later. Um, I really like the guitar part and the melody that come in after that. Um, but is it, it is a weird song structure. Um, it goes some interesting places over these five and a half minutes. Um, the vocals are then like doubled for the ending with like two female vocal tracks and it's like creepy and effective. Um, Mm -hmm. but there's like a propulsive beat for that section too, which is interesting. So maybe we could skip ahead a little bit toward the end and hear some of where it goes. is really cool (laughs) yeah this this song is just not for me sure (laughs) i get Uh, it it's very weird yeah what about those lyrics though when will you begin your killing spree let it begin with me is that what does that mean andrew (laughs) if this is about jesus what are we talking my joggles on again yes please put the joggles on (laughs) who's killing who's me I mean, if do we want to talk about this? Is this the bounty hunter then? Who is knows? the bounty hunter killing? Because then does the bounty hunter kill you and then you become a killing per a murderer? Because then it says, when will I begin my killing spree? Let it begin right. with you. Yeah. And then it also closes with that's how I love you, which yeah. again 
is there sort of a weird romantic relationship between bounty hunter and a victim is this about jesus and jesus is saying that's how i love you are we expressing our love to jesus i don't know it's also possible that it's like you know i like when bands employ faith stuff but it's not to be like like it's the point is like this is wrong you know what i mean <laughs> sometimes like right uh, your favorite band ever low uh has a song <laughs> called murderer where it's like a, a prayer to god like let me be your murderer someone to do your dirty work and it's like oh this is messed up that this is how some people think about their faith and like showcasing like hey this is the wrong way to do it so maybe there's some of that here where it's like we shouldn't be having killing sprees i don't know what, what, do, what do you what do you think about all this you don't even know what tomorrow will bring and i could change that all right now so i mean that's this jesus that, right well i don't know because it's it's offering some level of certainty right which as we all know is my favorite thing that christianity <laughs> tries to shoehorn into everything is Right. being absolutely certain about every single thing yeah. um would you be worth the bones i break i don't know what the fuck is going on with this song man <laughs> oh i yeah and this I, is I, also like the last song with lyrics because the right, album right. ends with an instrumental so like what is the takeaway here right i don't know exactly but i i have to assume that it's something about dying to yourself like you were saying, like maybe the killing spree is the spree of people dying to their former selves and going with Jesus now. I don't know. But yeah, there's a lot to chew on. I don't totally know what to make of all of it. Chew on I find it really <laughs> I find it really interesting. <laughs> I find it interesting. <laughs> um, but I'm not totally sure what to make of all of it. Um and I'm not totally sure what to make of the metaphor of, okay, if that's our sort of mission statement, then what does it mean when the band plays and like murders you, <laughs> like threatens the crowd the whole time and pretends to kill somebody? Like, does that, I, yeah, I just, I lose the metaphor a little bit. And maybe you don't even need to. Maybe we could just celebrate murderous <laughs> dudes and they're putting on a fun, spooky show and that's enough but there is th they're clearly reaching for something there if we keep getting sort of jesus and murder <laughs> mixed up and what does that but, mean so, but know. then it ends with and that's how i love you so right. like after an album of songs about like right. breaking bones and and crushing skulls and like right. like I, I don't know i guess i'm missing i'm missing the love because i'm right the metaphor is sort of like a little bit like lost on me as, as right. the way it's delivered. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying is like, is it almost supposed to be like after all that? And it's like, and that's how I love you. Is it supposed to be like, Oh, we shouldn't show love for God or for others by murdering them, by murdering them or by giving into wickedness. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. There's SS bounty hunter come on the pod. Let's talk through it. Yeah. But I am, Again, I am Andrew, like... we Mag. In addition to mostly find a little shitty, established twenty eighteen, uh, Magpod could also be established twenty eighteen. Andrew and John overthink your band's lyrics. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's just what we do. But these bands invite us to do so. Um, <laughs> I would rather have stuff I can grapple with, right? Than and, yeah, stuff that's obvious. Um, 
so I appreciate it. I appreciate this project of this band and what they're doing and the, you know, I love a band with like lore and like um, a sort of outlook in terms of their entertainment presentation. Like this is like an art project and I think it's right. cool, even if I don't totally understand what's happening. Right, right. Well, should we wrap it up with um, Broken I Stand? Let's do it. Quite a closer. Quite a closer. Was uh, airplane taking off noises? <laughs> yeah, I do really like those those parts where it cuts out for yeah. uh, for a second. I think that sounds cool. Little space in your noise. Yeah, um, I have a little space in my nightmare. <laughs> I don't. It's 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 an odd one to close with, but I don't know. I mean, it's 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 almost like peppy for them. <laughs> like yeah. it's very like fast electronic drums built around those like wah-wah pedal central guitar riffs as you're saying um just flat sounding simple synths here yeah. again i don't know it just it sounds a little bit like they're just kind of fucking around <laughs> like yeah. it doesn't really go anywhere else but it is a cool sound i think it works to kind of close things um in the sense that as it goes on there's sort of like an undulating sound that makes it almost like dizzying where it's like as that sort of wah-wah sound is going on and the like flat since just make it all yeah. kind of just like drones into this like oh weird <laughs> like yeah. and the idea of it being broken i stand you know however we want to think about it is this the bounty hunter <laughs> or victim standing <laughs> up in the face of the things that have happened is this jesus resurrected it is, is an it, interesting is it my skull that jesus <laughs> is crushing with the bounty hunter killing me for love wait, it's got to be your skull it's your wait it's, um, it's your bowl <laughs> i can get a good look at jesus skull by sticking my head up there but i'd rather take I'd rather, God's word for it. I'd rather take the bounty hunters <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot going on here um the tommy boy reference yeah <laughs> isn't that obvious <laughs> um but yeah I, I don't know i think it is it's a weird i guess when i imagine an album like this closing i think of it being like very dark and quiet so the fact that it's like it's a little bit like oh weird but i don't know i a lot of these songs like the more that they go on and that sort of like dizzying sound comes in i'm like oh it's like putting me under kind of a weird spell so it is an interesting place to sort of end i don't know man a fascinating band a fascinating album uh i'm sorry you didn't dig it as much as i do even if i very much understand why you wouldn't or why anybody <laughs> might not but i don't know for some reason just the vibe of this thing really really worked on me i think it's cool that this scene has the sort of corners to include such bizarre stuff absolutely and for that's me it's love, not that's why i love this scene totally it's it's not yeah there's room for so much and 
it's not as we'll talk about next week it's not the rackets and drapes thing of like pushing what you might stereotypically think of as sort of like spooky and gothy just to do that like i don't think that's what's happening here they're doing interesting and original musical and sonic and thematic things here um not just to be like we're so weird um although it is pretty weird so right lots to chew on very eager to hear folks thoughts about these guys um let us know what you think of them if you have past experiences of them if you can hook us up with the exclusive interview to hear more about jesus crushing our skulls let us know <laughs> at magnified pod on instagram facebook and twitter follow and subscribe to the pod if you haven't already and give us a rating or a review five stars please we will read your review on the show you can email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com you can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763-872-7 magpod you can support us over at the patreon that's patreon.com slash magnified pod and andrew we should say as folks are listening to this this week we got a special zoom hang coming up exclusively for our patreon punks mm. so we're gonna get together maybe we'll have some costumes maybe we'll bring some spooky beverages or treats maybe we'll swap some ghost stories we'll hear more about the the witch uh cabbage bible college in california from jason <laughs> if he shows up it'll be a good time you can you can join the ranks of the patreon punks for just a dollar a month to get yep. the uh base level <laughs> what's it called i don't know the level that gets you to the discord yeah. uh you can join at other levels for access to other fun stuff uh which we also have some other fun stuff coming up too if you like uh horror movie commentaries from your dudes um <laughs> check out that patreon exclusively on that too um you can also pick up some new season four merch and some magnifite pod merch at our store at magnifiedpod.storyenvy.com thanks to small step records for sponsoring us Check out smallstuprecords.com to learn more. And thanks to Shadow Producer Jason and Bruno at Unoriginal Vinyl for our artwork. Well, I think I hear the voice of the spirit begging us to shut the fuck up. We'll be back to try to make you go astray next week when we'll unlock an episode from the box of the Patreon archives and talk to Shadow Producer Jason about rackets and drapes and save your machine. Yeah. so cool though it's very cool i want to be murdered by them in a show <laughs> i volunteer as tribute Ooh, yeah um can uh hey guys can you come back if you're you know want to murder a couple people uh on stage we would be would love to be in on that bit you'd be like hey you guys where's the guy that uh only nominally liked our album from 20 years ago <laughs> Fucking cut you up, put you in a garbage bag, and throw you around the pit. <laughs> yeah, they'll open up the pit. People will be stomping on my skull. That'll be great. That's great. It sounds like Jesus. <laughs>
Um, we've talked many reunions, possible reunions of these bands we've covered on the pod, but I, I would love a, a, a Magnafrite pod specific reunion tour. We could get going from some of these spooky bands. It would really be the best. Yeah, I think we could. We have enough. We have enough way to make that happen. <laughs> I'm sure, they're all ready to do that. <laughs> For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.